Thanks for tuning in to another edition of Libations for Everyone, the show where we sip shots and we share thoughts and we just have a good time with some of our favorite people in the world, kind of helping recreate some of the bar conversations that we're all missing out on. Uh, we all need a little bit of love, a little bit of laughter in our lives, and I'm loving the fact that today we have one of our most favorite humans on earth hanging out with us. My name is Ben Quam. I am a co-host sitting uh, somewhat distanced from my uh, co-host Charles Awad. We're well distanced. We're all well distanced. This is a solid 10 feet actually. Not well matured but well distanced. Yeah. <laughs> Check one of those two boxes. And uh, I feel like our esteemed guest might join in on the same level of immaturity that we have over here. Uh, today uh, on our show, we have Miss Barb Gettle. Cheers, everyone. Uh, tell everybody who you are, what you're up to, uh, what are you doing? Yeah, absolutely. Barb Gettle. Uh, I live in, reside in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Uh, I was born here, not raised here. I uh, lived here for, gosh, 20-something years. Um, for 23 years, I've been in our... Uh, hospitality and service industry by night by day uh business barb works with spreadsheets as a data business analyst it's very boring um and then also uh run a nonprofit with some other lovely individuals in our twin cities here in the craft community uh it's called witch hunt it's a local nonprofit 501c3 that educates and advocates for marginalized and underrepresented individuals in the craft community here in minnesota i think it's so neat uh Please check out Witch Hunt on, on social media. It's so cool because it's very high-minded in its overall goal, but it's also really neat seeing what you're doing with your hands in breweries, making stuff, and like people get tactile experiences that maybe would be kind of hard to come across in other realms. Absolutely. People that aren't even a part of our beer community as the industry itself, like workers or um, patrons, or mostly patrons, obviously, uh, the people that come to our events are beer drinkers. They don't necessarily work in beer. They don't necessarily ha have a tie to beer. They're just interested in an inclusive and safe space to hang out and learn something new or maybe just find a safe space for themselves because they don't know where they belong. <laughs> uh, Barb, what did you pick for us to shoot today? Fireball, friends. <laughs> uh, at 40, almost 41, I'm a few days away from my 41st birthday, Barb convinced me for the first time in my life to buy a bottle of Fireball. You sounded excited earlier when you told me about this. Well, I should apologize to everybody listening to this and to you two in the room. Uh, the problem I have with Fireball is that fake cinnamon makes my mouth go numb. And oh, that's going to be good for the I didn't want to. I didn't want to say that detail because I didn't want to sway it. But it will be very interesting to hear where this goes for me. Uh, Guys, this time if there's a siren on the broadcast, <laughs> it's not Quam's sound yeah. for the 10-minute bell. It's uh, it basically like dentine, big red, cinnamon toothpaste, all of it. Hot like, tamales. Uh, hot tamales, red hots. Uh, it's similar in the feeling and taste to like um, Sichuan peppercorns, only then it's followed by like numbness. So this should be very interesting. This will be fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I apologize, but not really. No, no. We added uh, an element of surprise. And obviously, all three of us are huge craft beer fans. But uh, Charles, do you want to speak to what we're drinking as it's a callback? Yeah, I thought I had some Toms left in my fridge, but I drank that stuff quite rapidly and realized my last crawler went to a birthday party last weekend. But we're drinking spaghetti in High Life. Delicious. So Aperol, lemon juice, High Life. It's delicious. And it's a fantastic. I think we've brought up spaghetti on every broadcast. I'm trying to get sponsored by Big Spaghetti. <laughs> Big Spaghetti, yeah. There's, there's like streaks of things that we've brought up on every broadcast. I don't think uh, the Spaghetti Corporation of Italy is going to 
sponsor our podcast. Our, yeah, no, our that attitude. Podcast. <laughs> I am, I am well, absolutely. They're a secret society. We haven't even found them yet. So maybe they actually enjoy the podcast. They just can't let themselves be known. I am tamping down <laughs> with every bit of my insides, not to not do a really bad Italian accent talking about the promo. You've got so a bad accent on every episode, too. I should know. That's fair. <laughs> There's also a streak of bad accents. <laughs> well, uh, I think we should do this as we always do. Uh, Ten minutes is sort of the rule. We'll change topics. Uh, if somebody's going long but it's a great story, we keep going with it. We start with a shot. Every ten minutes we take a shot. Uh, so today, shall we start it off with a one-ounce shot of Fireball? Absolutely. Time for fireball. Let's do it. Trying to stay over the napkin. Oh, oh there we go. Oh, boy, that tastes like numb. All right. Well, let us start the timer. That's questionable. <laughs> that should be their tagline. That's about right me. That's questionable. Ladies and gentlemen, fireball. It's questionable. Yeah. Close to Jefferson's, not it's quite close, there. Exactly. Ooh, come on. I love Malort. Come on. No, we're talking about the taglines. I love Malort, though. Is my yeah. buddy just brought me a bottle back from Madison? Ooh. I'm quite is, excited. Is Fireball Jepson's hot little brother? Ooh. Or sister? We're like a little bit easier, a little bit more approachable. But uh, still, think so. I don't still think questionable so. in yeah, origin. It's, it's not approachable. Okay. Those are, yeah, those are different realms. Maybe Jagermeister is like mm. the oh, that little could be. brother of Malort, <laughs> the training wheels. Uh, all right, Charles, you want to kick us off with uh, a little throwback flashback action? Man, I thought this was you. Hold on. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. Well, I, I don't mind if you want me to jump in. Uh, the joys of very, very <laughs> professional podcast shows. No, this was. <laughs> you, hey, man. All right. Production issues. We always, live production issues. That's you. You missed one. One, two. Because this is what I got. <laughs> I must have. I, was, I thought we were going to start with the. Well, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. This is not the order. Hold on. I'm looking up the order that I texted you. <laughs> this, I, this is a screenshot of your. Is it? Yeah. Man, I'm dumb. Hold on. <laughs> I'm going to copy this and uh, dump it back into the document. I think this yeah. is the best part, okay, though, great. is people have to understand that we really are a couple of idiots hanging out in a room having shots. And... Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> this might be our first actual edit on the pod. Yeah. So like, well, hang on a second. <laughs> well, hang on there, partner. Okay, here we go. Here we go. So, Barb, let's party. Let's party. What would you bring back... From the 1980s, if you could. Now, this question is sort of based in the reality that the 80s are fun for us to rip on because everything was sort of like overdone and pukey. And I, the further away answer. we get from it, the more we're like, the 80s was was all right. There was some cool stuff in the 80s. You guys there was a lot of cool stuff. Like right off the top. Absolutely. So you have one answer? I have one answer. Okay. An easy bake oven. An easy bake oven. I never oven. had one. Do they not make them anymore? Do they? I don't know. I don't, that seems like the kind of like somehow it would have turned out to be a death trap, and Fisher Price had to pull it. But I, I mean, don't know. Maybe a they lot do. Of stuff. Boppets. <laughs> okay. I loved Boppets. Okay. I this want... is strictly relegated to like cultural effects. It also includes like people and like cultural, mm. like actual real life societal changes. Mm. Like for me, the answer would be having to use a landline phone. <laughs> Like having to actually communicate with someone that way and to not be found all the time. Right. And I know that sounds like a typical corny, like, why don't we have cell phones on us all the time? I love cell phones as much as anybody. But once in a while, you're like, you know what? It'd be really cool if like I could just have someone call me for this particular thing or if I could just go off the grid without going off the grid. Like I could just go to the store and 
not expect my clients to find me wherever I am. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, I mean, I think that that's probably at the root. Like, I was trying to go back and forth because there's, like, physical things that I would love to bring back. I'm obsessed with the idea that I want a Knight Rider big wheel that would fit me now. Right. The one that mm-hmm. had the, the handbrake on the right side. Uh, it was a, a soul-crushing day when I was too big to fit onto my neighbor's Knight Rider big wheel. And I'm still like, I think it would be amazing. Like, how cool would that be seeing somebody cruising down with like a four-foot plastic wheel? Just... Dude, that would be terrifying, actually. To see you on a qualm size. <laughs> Dude, get out of here. Coming from like two blocks away, just... You hear it? You literally run yeah, over my car. Like, <laughs> so there, there's, that was like the specific thing. And then uh, because I am just such a selfish cunt sometimes, mm-hmm. I want to go back in time to when you had to find the music. Because I spent my entire childhood, teenage years, college years, building this sick music library. And then Napster yes. happened. And then people just take everything. Stop and now carrying. there's no, like nobody curates a catalog. Nobody thinks about how hard it is to get stuff or where you have to go. You had to have friendships and relationships with different record stores who would import stuff. Like I had, there was a guy at the down in the Valley in Maple Grove when I was in high school who had no business being cool to me. He was probably in his mid thirties talking to some, you know, 19 year old kid, but he would order any album that I wanted. And it was really great for like three more years until (laughs) then anybody could go online and download a terabyte of music. And then the problem was storage. And now we've gotten rid of that even. Now the idea of even having music is like foreign to people. Well, yeah, and finding new music that's decent to listen to and fits my style, is that's a problem I've had. So I just, I quit. And I just revert back to my old standbys. But you had to find those standbys, True. and that's the thing. Like, or someone else found them for me and introduced them to me. But during the pandemic, there's there's no more sharing of music going on these days. Like you're not out at a bar talking about, dude, did you hear this new band that I heard? Or you know, like things like that. I'm I'm missing that uh, that that social inter- interaction about music and movies and bands and different things. Oh, the yeah, easy big oven. Agree. With, yeah. Well, you know, go go ahead with that first. No, I. I I agree with that, but that's not strictly relegated to the 80s, yeah, I would true. say. Because that, yeah, that lasted well into high school. I would have people send me tapes from Jacksonville in a manila envelope. Like, you got to listen to this band. And then yeah, even, even with digital music, you collect a lot of singles from bands. Often, they wouldn't even have the title of the, the song. It would just be, like, the name of the band. And you'd Track. be like, what is this? And then you'd have to dig around to find out what it was because we didn't have Shazam either. So no. you get a digital track, you're about to be like, listen to this metal band from Milwaukee. And you'd be like, great, who are they? I have, I have no, no idea. idea. Or like, like a th- <laughs> How are we going to find out? Like a thrice copied mixtape where everything is completely faded out and then it's already starting to sound a little like crackly and gross. Yeah. But it was still like amazing because it was your thing and nobody else had, had it. it right. And I, I love that. But I do want to circle back to the Easy Bake Oven because that then implies the question, what would you cook with it? I don't know. I would probably cook <laughs> things that I cook normally and see how it turns out in the Easy Bake. <laughs> what about Get some Danny cookbook? Trejo taco, taco <laughs> recipes up in that <laughs> Easy Bake. Yeah. No. Do like, do like individual tater tot hot dishes just, with just one tot? With, yeah, per... one tot. It's got to be some <laughs> 80s. It up, split it up in half and then put all the things in between. Oh, there you go. Barb, we got to so watch much. some 80s PBS. Maybe. Yeah, some some, some, some Doctor Who confections from Julia Child. Julia Child, there you go. All yeah. of that, by the way, is on PBS right now online. You can watch Julia Child's entire catalog. 
I've been I've literally been going to sleep watching old episodes without a subscription. Can you do no. a bad accent and can you do your reaction to Julia Child seeing an easy, easy bake oven as your bad accent for this episode? <laughs> oh my! Oh dear, Bob, what are you even cooking in here? I'll tell you what. The only problem is you can't fit enough wine in here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, okay, that was pretty good, actually. That was pretty right. good. Now I feel bad for making fun. Because it's good. Yeah. I got, so I got another one. I got another one from the 80s. Do I it. This is a pretty, pretty good one because there's no reason this should have changed. What the fuck happened to Saturday morning cartoons? The cartoons They're in the so 80s bad. were elite. They were. That was like They're the best so part of Saturday morning. Because when you turn on PBS now, you're like, is this? I don't even know. It's like some weird. It's like schizophrenia. Like not even schizophrenia. It's just like psychedelic. It's like what is going on? I just don't get it. Like I remember these like lessons of like inclusivity and stranger danger and equal rights. Like coming from like GI Joe <laughs> and like you know, like a very black and white, very very heavily militaristic cartoon, but was also like hey. If your friend doesn't look like you, that's okay, because that's the Joe way. (laughs) You know, like, I mean, the Hulk Hogan had his own cartoon, didn't he? Oh, yeah, there was a wrestling. Yep, the, oh, man, I should know, the WWF. I'm going to get ripped on for not remembering the name. Oh, it was, I, man, I just remember that even, like, that, they toned down all the the persona to make it, like, kid-friendly, Yes, they and went on was, missions and yeah, junkyard dog and Hulk Hogan, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And now we got Baby Shark. No, uh, rock and wrestling, rock and wrestling, oh, rock and wrestling. There you go. Yeah. And then, do you remember there was one other one that was? Um, it was like a foot. It was like Bo Jackson. Some it was yeah. like a, a, a baseball I star. Like I can't remember that. But again, it was basically like you could walk in and be like, listen. I don't really have an idea for a show, but I got three athletes that said they'll do it. Here's some cocaine. Can we make it? And they're like, two seasons. Go for it. And <laughs> In like, one day. Meanwhile, now we watch like the most amazing writers get shut down because they're like, who wants to see something that hasn't already been rebooted? Like, come on. There's so many streaming services, actually. Everyone's getting multi-million dollars. Well, that's, tr- <laughs> that's true. So Netflix, if you're listening, we're, uh, we're here. <laughs> <laughs> we're here and we're ready. Live action Thundercats? That'll be better than Cats. Let's, let's try that. And let's leave the buttholes in this time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Literally, if you, if you told me that that was happening, I think I might cry. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> the yeah. creepy, realistic. The I couldn't do it. No, that would be terrible. Mm-mm. I don't have enough yeah. drugs. Did, you, did yeah. any of you guys actually watch Cats? No, <laughs> no. I, the, I, the remake. I tried. The, no. I tried ten tried. minutes just to see, and it really is like I've never not been on acid and felt like I was on acid more than I did at that moment. Like it was the the fact that hundreds of millions of dollars were poured into that is just absolutely staggering. Well, don't the characters that played the cats actually sit like? Corden and like those guys didn't they actually like agree with yeah with what you just said kind of <laughs> yeah I mean like seeing They're Dame like, Judi yeah, Dench she just like why are, why are you here what are you doing <laughs> they should have kept the buttholes should have kept the that's oh, the problem we need <laughs> oh shit this is in fact our alarm here we go it's the club timer ladies and gentlemen all of a sudden we all start dancing <laughs> need a couple more shots I think before I start all playing. right it's time to pour up another round. One hand in it, across the coffee table of doom. Intermission question. Do you think furries exist because of Thundercats? No. <laughs> it didn't. That was quick. It didn't not help. I go to a lot of conventions. Yeah. <laughs> right. Come on. Oh. That, was the quickest, that was the quickest 
question. Question Sorry, I spilled again. Yeah. That's why you got a pile of napkins at the table. Just cover the whole table. Yeah. All right. That was a, I loved your uh, two-word review of cats, too. I tried. I tried. <laughs> My cats review. Minutes. I tried. Boop. Uh, all right. So here we go. Put them up. Shot numero dos. Numero dos. Numero dos. Skull. Cheers. Slancho. All right. So kind of keeping in the throwback vein, um, we've asked a couple different uh, guests questions of looking back on younger you now uh at 17 or 18 looking forward did 17 or 18 year old barb have any idea that you would be here or what did 17 18 year old barb think you'd be doing right now Jeez, louise (laughs) uh probably just trying to stay alive at 18 17 i went to school in saint francis which is up by east bethel up there that area i like that you used another equally confusing landmark right (laughs) i'm familiar with both of those names i couldn't find out about okay north um geez i don't know cambridge (laughs) just going north anyway uh it wasn't a great school uh there wasn't a lot of promise for you know a lot of the kids coming out of that area um and so i was just hoping to figure out what my my plight in life was uh didn't go to college right away because i didn't want to waste the money didn't know what i was doing just went straight into service industry and that's how i made my money until i figured out what i wanted to do with my life where was the first service industry place <laughs> coon rapids it's called yeah. doolittles oh i've been there it was the airplane place yeah i spent okay. four years at doolittles before i came into the cities don't they like it's like airplane theme but don't they also do like wood-fired wood fire. They, chicken? so in coon rapids it wasn't wood oh. fire but in Edina, it, or Eden Prairie, it was wood fire. Um, and they had, um, their brand had changed through the years. And so eventually that's where they landed was wood fire. But their first uh, location in Coon Rapids did not have that. What was your favorite chef meal? I know oh, you have to remember. Are you serious? I'm serious. Ranch, think, ranch wings. Yeah, you know, everybody, everybody that put in years had a favorite chef Hold meal. On. I was ranch also, dry rub or I was, ranch? I was also a prep cook. So I was a busser, I was a prep cook, I was a hostess, and then I was a server before I left. Damn. But, um, yes, so the ranch wings mm. um, are deep-fried ra- deep fried wings okay. tossed yeah, in basically r- dried ranch dressing Dude, with butter. Dude, that's such a big thing now. Yeah. D- dried ranch dressing with butter. Yeah, it was Has amazing. Has always been a thing? Because I don't know, I've never seen it. It's a big thing now. I've never seen it anywhere else since then, like... I'm sure D Spot and like stuff, those yeah, places do you, it. You see but it frequently. I now. never saw it at, at any huh. other restaurant or any other wing spot. Okay. Max Industrial does ranch fries. Yes. And if you're okay. very nice to them, they will make you ranch wings. Well, I didn't know that was an option, and yeah. I've been going there for a long time. <laughs> Why don't they just put it on the menu? It sounds like it's because it's a pain in the ass. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass really? because of the roll? butter and the ranch, probably. Because you have to do oh. The, but, the so Ray J's does apparently like ranch seasoned wings. It's like it's like a seasoning. Dry it's dried. Yeah, I mean it could be just Hidden Valley packets, I suppose. Hey, Probably. that's what I would do. But yeah, I was at uh, Graham and, my friend friend's Graham and Liz's house uh, a couple nights ago having a beer, and they said they just order wings for them and their son. And he said his favorite wings are ranch wings, and I was like. Is that like where they do a ranch dry rub? And he said, yeah, it's exactly that. So it's like, mm-hmm. I wonder if it is in Valley or if places are like making, somehow they're like 
making the dehydrogenated or whatever you call it. Doolittle's well, was ranch. definitely not doing that. Well, yeah, but I don't remember. It might have been would, Hidden Valley. But I think it might have been Hidden Valley yeah, in my packets, but I can't remember. You can buy it in like on Amazon. You can buy like a huge shaker of Hidden Valley. It's just all the seasonings that they put in there. Right. Uh, that's Some ladies are carrying it around in their purses. That was what. Uh, so I have a very huge hatred of ranch dressing. But people were confused because I'll eat ranch fries at Max. And I'm like, it's lit. I just don't need to dump dairy yeah. on top of anything that I like, especially if it's spicy. That's my real problem. It's the same problem that I have with blue cheese dressing. I love blue cheese. But the actual seasoning, fantastic. Right. I think like many things other than ketchup, if it's made by a chef and they put the care and love and, and consideration into what they created, ranch dressing can be good. Yep. I also hate ranch, like gloopy ranch. Ugh. Out of a bottle, like most sauces. I mean, Same. even even salsa out of a jar is a gloopy mess. Same. Like, make your salsa, dude. It's not that difficult. I mean, I didn't know that until like I don't know, three, four, five months ago. Really? <laughs> how easy it was to make a salsa. What? Well, Danny Trejo's Taco Book has taught me so many go. things about life. Yeah. Isn't that quite the discovery, though? You can oh make God. delicious fresh salsa at home I'm making, in like eight I am minutes. making salsa verde like once a month. Yeah. I really think that. That once people that are not cooks or are afraid of cooking or don't want to take the risk, I think the minute that you realize that most things are not that hard to make, it really opens up your world. Unless you hate cooking. Unless you hate, if it's something that you absolutely hate, absolutely. My partner hates cooking. Sure. It stresses her out. It makes her sweaty and angry and ferocious when she tries to cook. She can cook. She just hates it. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a type. But when I when I lived alone, I hated cooking, but I love cooking. Like I, I love cooking, but I hate cooking for myself. Mm. And it feels so like almost degrading. Like I made this wonderful meal for myself. I can't share it with anyone else. Sure. No one else gets to experience it but me. And it feels selfish and it feels rude. And I don't like it. I also okay. think it's really hard. Like if you have to know that not only is this just for you? But then you have to eat the leftovers for what? like the next eight meals because nobody, you can't make a really good meal for one is very, very yeah. tough without doing a ton of prep for other things. It's true. <laughs> uh, Charles, I know that we've talked about like what we would say to our younger selves, but uh, reflecting that back, where do you think uh, high school graduation Charles would have guessed you would be at this age? Uh, interestingly, and this seems to occur frequently, I have the same answer as Barb when I was 18 and graduating, I didn't know my place in the world. I was living on my own, I was partying a lot, and I had just decided that any of my plans for post-secondary education were going out the window because I couldn't make an informed decision on which direction I wanted to go, because I wanted to do either programming or political science, and then I was like, you know what, I'm not doing either, I'm gonna take a year off. So that's actually, that's probably the age that this question was worse suited for because yeah. at that time I said I don't really give a fuck I'm just gonna live my life and let the wind guide me so at that time I didn't know where I was gonna be now I will say however that I always had a keen interest in the creative arts and in design and marketing and I think if my 18 year old self knew I ended up where I was today that he would be like fuck yeah wow I didn't think I was going to make so much of hey, myself look at, this guy. at that time right just because I was, I was totally content living with my buddies Frank and Brandon we had our own townhouse as teenagers and did a whole lot of partying and you know just having good times cooking for each other and it was definitely a time in my life that I didn't really have a care in the world so 18-year-old me had no idea where I was going to be at 38. That's wild. 
I, I mine was the opposite because at at seventeen I knew everything. We and all did. Didn't it wasn't we? it wasn't until like twenty one, twenty two where I was yeah. like, oh my god, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> panic, panic, panic. Uh, I was I was dead set. I had the path laid out. I had school. I had my scholarship. I was going to be. Um, I wanted to be a, a political speechwriter. So I wanted to be the one who wrote everything that like the candidate would say, because I already knew myself and <laughs> nobody really wants to vote for a candidate that just shoots from the hip with lots of profanity and like dirty shit. Really? Out. But I have the ability, yeah, I guess, <laughs> silly me who predicted that. 18 year old, you didn't know that. No, yeah. yeah, right. I didn't know we changed the game that much, but I, uh, I knew that I was a good enough writer that I could really like sway people with what I did. And it was great because... I had also I was chock full of like unearned privilege and confidence. So I had like the chest medal of somebody who had been to war when it was just nobody had told me I couldn't because right. of what I look like. So I got to go, I rolled through all of that until the real world hits. And then you realize that it has to be about, you know, compromise and you have to give up nine things to get the one, the tenth thing. And I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah. And so giant blow up uh, flame out and then uh, literally I went to I was bartending two nights a week and uh, I went to the bar to beg for anything I was like I'll cook I'll sweep I'll do whatever and uh, <laughs> the bar manager was crying when I walked in because her old longest time employee had just walked out and so she asked if I could just cover a full-time shift this week and then we'd figure out the rest and I never Never look back. Never look back. <laughs> so it was like, it was a, a more delayed, complete panic and, and yeah. shutdown. Where then after that, for a while, I didn't care. Yeah. I was like, let's just have fun and then we'll figure something else out. Right. And then, yeah, I was working at Schindler's when I was 18. <laughs> so obviously I wasn't like, I'm going to be here forever. Schindler's, like the comic book store? Yeah, comic yeah. book. On the corner Pornography, of Hennepin? sports cards, newspapers, nice. comic books. Yeah. Uh, well, it was a chain. I was based out of the, at that time I was based out of the Roseville okay. store. Yeah. But you, here's how seriously I took that job. I called in and my grandma died four times. Ooh. <laughs> I, I wasn't lying, though. They didn't ask when. I'm admitting this on the air. Four times I called and said, hey, man, my grandma died. And they were like, sorry to hear that, man. We'll see you. We'll, just give us a call tomorrow. And I was like, thanks. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> they didn't ask when. I didn't lie. Oh, man. We've all lied about something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. To get out of a job. Oh, man. The, <laughs> We've all done like, it. Hey, guys, my grandma died. Because <laughs> then they, what are they going to say? Right, they, they got yeah. nothing. Yeah, who's going to no, be? Like, if they would have been like, when I would be like, <sighs> nineteen ninety-one. <laughs> she did die though, guys. It's fine. It's, yeah, yeah, both my did. grandmas are dead. You insensitive bastard. Ah. <laughs> I'm so not tired of this. This is so funny to me. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a great thing to celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> calling in your grandma dead. <laughs> That's like immediately after I hang up the phone. He's standing there with like a, he's got like a karate kid headband on and a bottle of Jack. Yeah, like, he's like, Rudy Cruz, all right, Rudy Cruz, we're good. <laughs> uh, folks, I want to, I want to thank everybody for being here. It means a lot to, to me and my family. And uh, before we get started, I just, I really want to play a, a song that meant a lot to my grandmother. Uh, it's, it's Calabria. <laughs> and then it would be perfect if you just let it go for like a minute too long where and then just don't do anything <laughs> well i'll pour up this oh beautiful well now now i want this to happen right <laughs> oh, oh, man. sweaty bottle well i had it's it in the, in the freezer, freezer for uh about three hours which is which is which is correct 
That is what, what you, you do, do with it. Yes, okay. Oh, this is weird. It just lives in the freezer. How's your mouth? It's going Feeling numb. the numb? It's is going this? numb. Yeah? Okay. I'm, I, I have the, like, the dentist tongue thing going Ooh. on right now. That was a perfect pour right there, guys. That yeah, was it was. Good. That was really good. I'm you can't see this Ooh. on the podcast. No, you can't. That was a perfect fireball pour. Oh, man. All right. So we've had a couple, couple pretty serious episodes, or at least they were serious at points. So let's get this. Let's get into the deep stuff. Okay? Oh, no. Let's get deep. Uh, Barb, farting around significant others. Is, do you do it? Is it cool? Yeah, we do it. We do? Okay. Yeah, we do. It's cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sometimes it's not cool. Sometimes yeah. it's cool. Okay. Sometimes you're like, yeah, it's cool nice to do. work. It's cool to do, but it's not always cool. We're actually more offended by the dog right now. Oh, yeah. Mm. Dog oh. farts, you guys. Ooh. You're about to experience it. There are puppy farts, yeah. Dog mm. farts are the worst. <laughs> than any, they're worse than any human fart. Are you guys, are, are you going to let the dog sleep in bed with you? Charles? We'll get into Charles, dogs. Sorry. We'll get into dogs. Well, because here's my thing. Uh, currently, that is not happening because he's a puppy. There are, oh, good. there are hilarious dog farts, like when they're cruising through the living room. Running up All down that. the stairs. <laughs> but yeah, it's the under the covers one. Yeah. That'll, oh. Every time. Just getting dutched up and by the dog. Dutched up and by the yeah. dog, exactly. Okay, so dog farts are That's not a cool. sweet album name. <laughs> Dutch oven <laughs> by, by the, the dog. dog. <laughs> the new album from NoFX. D-A-W-G. <laughs> I, uh, I think, I feel like, and maybe speak to this, both of you, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times that styrofoam wall of farting around the significant <laughs> other is accidentally pushed over. It is. And then once... And then it's, it's like, funny. Once it's out of the Pandora's box, yeah. literally or figuratively, you can't get it back. The bathroom door still stays closed. Yeah. Friends. The bathroom door, that is the wall that will never come down. I agree. That is the... Well, okay. that doesn't work, but... Okay. Yeah. Open door pooping will definitely never be a thing. Never. Yeah. People, people will be showering while their significant other takes a no. duke. No. We don't do that weird. either. No, 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 no. Also, I mean, a one-bathroom house is hard. Yeah, a one-bathroom sure. house can be very difficult. But that no, you hold that shit. All right, can I can I tell <laughs> literally. literally? Can I tell a story that might be mortifying for my wife? Are you going to answer? I don't are know. Gonna, are you going to circle back to answer the question after the story? Well, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> put a pin in it. I, I think have to know. <laughs> I literally think that somewhere around the the, I definitely I will do anything I can in the the honeymoon stage. When you're first dating, because you like, mm-hmm. I have enough issues that I wear on my sleeve that I don't need to be like <laughs> on top of it. <laughs> but uh, I think when you realize that you really are incredibly comfortable with somebody and you'd like to imagine spending the rest of your life with them, that has to be a thing. Because if I had to hold farts for the rest of my life, what like, are we gonna do? I just explode. Well, you're gonna float away. Yeah, I'd be like a. a Baking soda pigeon thing or whatever. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are gonna hate me though. Uh, but but literally, uh, this is a, a tragic moment in our lives as far as health went. But my wife and I were on a birthday trip. I, I surprised her. I'm laughing because I'm picturing someone farting himself to death. Yeah. <laughs> so I surprised my wife with a trip to New Orleans, and I was so afraid that I was gonna screw up and tell her. That then I did a double surprise. So our first night we stayed in a, a cute little Airbnb, and then I got us rooms at the the Roosevelt Hotel for the rest of it. You know, really you pimp it out. And uh, I got norovirus the morning that we checked in to the hotel, and I tried to fight it off. Like I tried to be cool, and by the time lunch came around, it was like cool. I was ghost white and I was running to the bathroom, and 
we had her birthday dinner scheduled that night. We had some friends that were also living there. And so I just, I called my friend Monet and I was like, I, I can't go more than 45 minutes without hitting the toilet for one reason or another. Will you please stand in for me and go to dinner with my wife? I'll pay for it. You know, all that shit. She's like, yeah, of course. Yeah, free so dinner. I called and I was very, very vivid and honest with the person who answered the phone and explained why I needed to give my credit card over the phone. Wow. And she was really cool. But on the way home, Jenny started experiencing <gasps> symptoms of norovirus. Oh, man. And we still had one day left in New Orleans together. And we were in a, I mean, it was a nice hotel room, but it's a hotel room with a single toilet. And it's basically like a studio apartment. Right. And I, I said, Is there a balcony? <laughs> you, do not, you do not know the definition of true love and true marriage until you have had an honest conversation about who needs the bathroom more and for what and how long do you think it will be. <laughs> and no volume of TV that you can turn up will ever cover that up. You're just stuck with it. Yeah, the highly acoustic brapping. The yeah. <laughs> All tile, 15-foot ceilings. Like, it's basically an echo chamber of four hearts. Yeah. <laughs> like, it amplifies everything. Yeah. Am I like... taking a shit in a giant tuba? Yeah. Oh, man. I got to try and push this fart out quietly. Where's a giant cardboard box? <laughs> so it was it was so bad but we realized afterwards the fact that like we weren't i mean it's the whole thing is gross but we weren't like grossed out by each other and we came home and we were holding hands and i felt like that was more real than most of the other shit that we've had to go through we're like we need to sit we're both just pouring sweat right. ghost white okay what do you got to do okay this is what i gotta do how bad? On a scale of one to ten. Like, we're literally doing abacus math about how we're going to do this. You guys diarrhea bonded, though, because I bet each time you could hear the other one blasting the porcelain, your butt was puckering. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> get out. Get out. We, we, said, we said sorry. Because when one person pukes, everyone pukes. We said sorry to each other probably 30 times in the span of, like, I don't know, four or five hours. Four or five uh, minutes. It was so bad. But... Damn. Then the worst part was, of course, then I finally, because it's like 24 hours. And folks, if you think you have food poisoning before you burn a restaurant down, by the way, on the internet, look up the symptoms of norovirus. Because 80% of the people that say they had food poisoning, you got norovirus. Yeah. Might have been from food, but it could have been from a railing, whatever. Yeah, anything. Staunch supporter of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, not, it's not good. Mm-hmm. You don't feel good. But I got better enough to fly home, and she was still feeling it. it. And that was, oh. It's rough. No, nobody should be on a plane. Because apparently some people are cool just letting it fly on a plane with strangers. Because I can't tell you how many times I've been gassed out by people I didn't know. On a plane? On a plane. plane. People love farting on a plane because you can blame it on anybody. You can blame it on anyone, yeah. It's too dense. They're just like, I don't care. I don't know. And then people always have the most rotten farts. If they connected, you know, they had one of those terrible meals on their last flight and they're like, fuck it. I'm just going for it. Dude, actually, that's the place I've smelled the worst farts. Yep. On airplanes, it's always like... Oh my god, did someone just die on this? I'm still going flight? with my dog's first. Mm, I can taste it. Ooh. <laughs> well, all right, Charles, what's so, your Yeah, I'm I'm the antithesis. We we do not openly fart around one another. Okay. It's okay. uh yeah, different strokes for different folks. Like my brother and his wife think we're crazy for that, but if one if it happens, like you know, Marnie accidentally toot around me, and she'll like look at me, like oh. put her hands over her face, like totally. Oh. I can I'm, see like, that. You know, I, like we'll both like laugh about it, and I'm like, I don't care. But I guess our rule is, if if you fart, fine. 
but we don't like pick a leg up and blast one. Oh, at one okay. Another. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. We don't do that either. Yeah. yeah like Marnie may not realize it. I'm, I'm fortunate that I, I don't really stink. So like, I'll like, I'll just, I'll push it down in the, yeah, like that stuff, like that stuff. I'm fortunate. Cause some people got just like noxious bacteria where I mean, everybody thinks their shit don't up, stink. So right? ask Marnie. Okay, I don't want to turn it into I'm a, a Facebook Marnie after this. And yeah, ask you her. should. You should, because she's mad at me for it. She's like, "Why don't you stink?" I'm like, "I don't fucking know." Diet? I have no idea. No, listen, I'm, I'm being serious. She doesn't know this though that like frequently we're in the same room, and I'll plunk one into the cushion very silently because she can't see That's the fucking truth. That's Cthulhu's truth right there. That's oh God, great. That's great. No, I, uh, this, this but she, some... toots, she toots audibly accidentally all the time. Uh. We really, for, for me, like, uh, for me, it was, I, I tried to be so good about it where I'd like find a reason to go into a different room or like whatever. Oh yeah. And or I've, yourself down I've in the couch a little bit more. I've had this theory. I've talked to a bunch of DJs about this. We've had this theory that, uh, in the, for those of you that have never worked in the service industry, there's a running joke that if there's a dirty table, a stranger will always sit at the dirty table before the mm-hmm. seven clean ones in a circle right so in the dj world it's we're standing around and do the john travolta yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and literally in the dj booth even if it's empty like early in the night literally the minute that you fart in the dj booth the hottest woman will walk up <laughs> and be like hey what's going on i'm just i really like the what's music Britney Spears? and then you could like watch it hit him I'm like oh I'm like yeah some other guy walked by <laughs> farted in my pants uh, <laughs> But, uh, Something wrong with the sewage here. But <laughs> then in my own married life, like it's a running joke in my household that Jenny will be literally like sleeping and I'll be going up to get a glass of water and I'll like do a lap through the dining room. like, And she'll like wake up and be like, entire... I should check the mail and like just get up. And I'm like, what? You were. She walks through your crap Dude, desk. That's a thing. That's I, a thing for sure. Jokingly, two weeks ago, uh, she's working from home right now and her office is in the basement. And again, she's all the way in the basement. I'm coming in off the porch. And I like, you know, I just did like a, a Heisman. Yeah. I literally, yeah. And, and I literally, the, the minute my fart ended, I heard her get up from her chair and come upstairs. She's like, oh. I was just wondering what you're up to. And I'm like, I'm farting. farting. I'm farting. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, Mar- Marnie does Marnie does that with, with when I'm in the bathroom. It seems like she's always right next to the door. But when I know she's doing her stuff. I go, I go to the opposite side of the house just to like give her some privacy. But I swear, like the worse it is when I'm in the bathroom letting her rip, and I'm like, please don't be by the door. I hear her like, you know, resituating the coats on the coat rack just outside the bathroom. I'm like, why? She does that once every four years. Yeah. And then it's always louder when someone's when someone's around. Right. When you're taking a shit, and no one's around. You're like, wow, this is the quietest shit I've ever taken. But if someone's right next to the door, or you're like in public, and you like gotta do it at Target or something, it's always like. Bah, 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 bah. like <laughs> All right, super quick story just because I think it's awesome. One of the hardest times I've ever laughed in my life. High school, uh, my girlfriend, my friend was dating her friend. We were going to watch a movie, uh, and her mom lived in a very nice house, vaulted ceilings and whatnot. So the bathroom was literally like, I think, 14-foot ceilings. <laughs> and uh, he had to get up and go to the bathroom. And I was trying to be nice. I th- literally thought he had to pee, and uh, it was uh, some thriller we were watching. And I was like, hey, let's just pause it for him. We paused it, and the minute we hit pause, I mean, it was, 
It was a full download. I mean, it was, it was so just echoing. And finally, finally, my girlfriend couldn't take it. She just busts out laughing, and she had this huge laugh. And then from the bathroom, you and can just hear. Going to. Uh, did you guys hear that? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. We got you. Oh damn it! <laughs> and I was done. I literally was crawling around on the ground oh trying God. to breathe. <laughs> this is so perfect. But hey, we all do it. It's fine. Everybody poops, guys. Everybody poops. How come, Everybody how come poops. the healthiest or like the sexiest hotels always have like the door that doesn't close all oh, the I know, way? Right? Or like the bed is like pushed right up against the toilet. The toilet yeah. <laughs> like, dude, come on, guys. $600 a night. You can't uh, put the bed on the other side, side of the room. room. That's Welcome <laughs> to the suite at the Champs-Élysées. Uh, our bathroom door is made of pure cotton. <laughs> uh, if you press your face to it, you can see right through it. It's a bunk bed. Well, off if you press <laughs> it's a bunk bed. The toilet's underneath, and the bed's above it. <laughs> yeah, cool. Uh, oh God, thank you this for that. This is round three. This is round three. Four. Man, Barbara didn't have a lot to say in that round. You just said, "Yep." All right, there we go. Only one drop down. Oh wow, that was good. Slide the napkin over it, and we're good. All right. All right, here we are. Well. Hey, cheers to your birthday. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Are there rules against cheersing to actual things? No. Good. Uh, we all go. we all should enjoy another trip around the sun. Ooh. Oh man, I don't know if it's that my mouth is getting number, but this is getting less atrocious. <laughs> you're just getting accustomed to it. Oh, that's weird. It is. You're just getting accustomed to it. It's terrible. <laughs> let's. I mean, let's be clear. I understand that this is terrible. Yeah. But I am new to this. Hey, still, here we are. So, uh, I, a cat. My my partner. Her name is Cat. She's uh, contemplating buying me the fifty four dollar box. Of Fireball, for like Christmas. the like the, the box wine, like box, box wine, wine. Really? box wine for Fireball. Oh. Yeah. Uh, shouts out to uh, hopefully future uh, podcast guest Michael DeCamp, who was the first person that introduced oh, me to that. putting that bag into a Camelback, yeah, and then bringing it to an outdoor charity event. <laughs> and I have never loved another human as much as right? I did him because it was still ice cold, and even though I hate Fireball, a, a does the trick sweet. Ice cold shot on a 95 degree day. I'll take it. Yep. Uh, all right. So bringing it back, uh, looking at the things that make us happy, mm-hmm. like art. I've always said, like, I love cooking and like art is the food that a soul cooks. Right. Yep. So if you look at like painting, sculpture, music, books, movies, TV, what is there an, a medium of art that speaks to you directly the most? Or is uh, is there something that you always just are confused by? Like, I have a tough time with, like, abstract art. So I can tell you that that is pleasing to me and that is not, but I've never had, like, a Jackson Pollock come alive to me and tell me about the chaos in my world. Neither have I. So I have a hard time with art in general. Like, I think art is great and I love it. However, art is subjective. And it's not art if I can do it. Yeah. (laughs) And so I have, like, I have a really hard time going to certain places and looking at art and looking at it as art and not just the thing that somebody made. Mm-hmm. But somebody made that, so then it's art to them. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Um, I don't have necessarily any like inspirations from art except for music, probably. Music would be my inspiration, but it's been, sure. it's been a long time since I've had music as an inspiration just because for, for a long time I had all of my music wrapped up into another human. Mm. And when that human was gone, it was really hard for me to enjoy any music because all of that music was wrapped up in that human. Yeah. 
And so I spent a long time listening to podcasts and talk radio. Um, so yeah, I, I have a hard time with music still to this day. Sure. Uh, like finding my own music and finding it on my own way and, and still listening to music that I found for me because some music, like I said, some music is still tied and it's really hard for me to listen to music. Yeah, it makes which sense. Is, which is really strange. My partner has a really hard time with it. I want to listen to 91.1. She wants to listen to the radio. I'm just like, eh, okay, compromise. <laughs> Nobody wants to listen to 91.1. Charles? <laughs> yeah, I think the answer for me, and obviously I, I work in visual arts, but the answer would be music. Yeah, music. I find music to be very moving. And it can, I think music can affect us in more ways than other forms of art. Comedy and tragedy sort of encompass film, television, anything that's scripted, even literature often is, um, unless it's, you know, I, and I've, actually even in, in documentaries and even biographies, autobiographies, those even can be comedy and tragedy. Music can be just a whole spectrum of colors. It could be pure anger, pure sadness, pure joy, pure nothingness. It can be just mm -hmm. uh, bright colors and, and popcorn and candy. Uh, it, can, it can be so many things. And it can fit your mood and it's bite-sized. Especially today when we want these digestible experiences. Music is like, I want to feel real mad for three minutes. Mm -hmm. And then get out of the car, or I want to lift my spirits for a half hour, yeah. and then you know walk into this meeting. So I think that that probably would be my answer, though. Of course, we all find different forms of art moving in so many different ways. That's actually, I mean, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, it's very poignant. I think the uh, music is my easy answer, but um, I think that I use music as a way of reflecting myself back to me. Um, it's really rare that something that I didn't know about before hits me and really floors me where I didn't see it coming. And to me, that's where I find the strongest connections is when I wasn't expecting it. Right. And uh, partly because I absolutely set up the music that I listen to like all day long. Like I'm a lot more, I'm reflecting my own moods and what I listen to, I guess. And even the bands that I love, it's if you traced who I've been in love with since I was a kid, it's you can see how I was doing in my own personal life as to what I was gravitating towards, right? Yeah. But uh, it's really, I, I think it's books. I think it's writing. Because I can read a single sentence in a book and it will literally take my breath away at the way that somebody put the words together. Or a paragraph where I don't even see where the sentence structure is going and then all of a sudden the paragraph ends and you're like, oh my God. Like that was unbelievable. And it's part of the reason that I'm so drawn to hip hop because it's so much more about like lyricism. And it's why I have a tough time with like some of the really current hip hop. I, I love a good beat. I love a good banger, but that's club shit for me. I would never throw that on my headphones, but if you listen to somebody now like a logic or even where Jay-Z is going or go back to, you know, tribe called quest and all that, it's the way that they take the language that we all speak and flip it on its side. And that to me is, is the genius in it. And if you can find somebody like uh, Hunter S. Thompson showed me that run-on sentences can be absolutely fucking gorgeous. Uh, Kurt Vonnegut showed me that what I think of as a traditional paragraph structure, page structure, all that, throw it out the fucking window. It doesn't matter. I can make an entire chapter one word if I want to because who the fuck's going to tell me not to, you know? 
And if you look at like the movies that I fall in love with and the TV that I fall in love with, usually it's not cinematography is gorgeous, but it doesn't move me as much as a really beautifully spoken line. Yeah. You know, as, as much as somebody saying something that sounds it's two strangers talking about a life that I will never experience. But if they say something that hits me in the heart, it's those words and the way that they're put together that really like kind of gets to me. Okay. But that said, I know that there are people that have been moved to tears. I've been at museums with people looking at, at paintings that are moved to tears. And I just feel awful because I'm like, I don't understand what you're looking at. You know, it's like if somebody saw a ghost and I can't see it, I'm like, I don't know who you're talking to. But uh, there was a there was a, a art display. This is the last time that I paid to go to the Walker Art Center. There was a art display and somebody had just put stanchions around and then dumped a box of Christmas ornaments on the ground. And it was the chaos of Christmas with your family. And I get the metaphor. As an art installation and a piece that probably cost like five figures, I have a tough time with that because that doesn't speak to me. But like you said, it's subjective. And I'm glad that not everybody sees things the way that I do because otherwise all of my art would be completely impossible to get because everybody else would want it. Right. So I'm glad that ornaments on the ground make somebody like weep with sorrow and you know affects them to their core. I hope that's not what someone was looking at and crying. I feel like somebody must have. There's no way that that somebody gets somewhere. in there. It wasn't like a, a Van Gogh or a Monet. It was smashed Monet Christmas really lights. gets my nads. I, <laughs> I guess that could be hyper-personal. I guess maybe that could strike a chord with them. They yeah. get triggered by like a childhood memory yeah. or something. I just yes. don't like, I mean, even like uh, The Scream by Edvard Grieg. Like I went to the museum really stoked. And then you walk through and you're like, well, these are cool. Yeah. And and that's it. But I mean, there are people that will swear that that's like one of the greatest works of art in the history of man. And I'm even biased because I'm so like insane about all my Scandinavian bullshit. And like still I'm like, <laughs> but Knut uh, Hamsen's hunger about a guy starving himself to death at turn of the century Oslo, which is a book so slow and boring. It should make you fall asleep. Literally like moved me so much that I could couldn't breathe sometimes when I was reading it because yeah. it was so real that I could imagine that but that was the medium that, that talked to me talked to okay. and I just I want desperately for somebody to explain to me like make me like understand paintings because <laughs> I don't get you it get it you know like yeah. hey, it's, it's Bulford oh it's some fat white people in velvet clothes cool we did this for 800 years okay, okay. oh that one's bigger that's <laughs> fun <laughs> you know, and I get that some of those are also markers of history. Sure. But th I, I just, I don't know. It's sometimes it feels like it's a foreign language and I'm just supposed to listen to how pretty it sounds and not understand what it means. Mm -hmm. And when it feels closed off like that, I don't know. I don't yeah. get it. No, I, get, I understand. <laughs> I feel you. I feel you for sure. Uh, is there anything specifically in the art world that you're just like, absolutely not? Absolutely not. Like where you're like, mm -mm, dumb. I mean, we spend, uh, my partner and I go to Franconia Sculpture Garden every year for our anniversary. Oh, and I so love good. it. I, I love that place. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. I love the, like, the, the first time that we had gone, there were people there building their installations. So we were there when there were, there were actual artists there building their installations awesome. and camping out yeah, and staying cool. there and living there. And I thought that was just so, like, it's just so real. It's so cool. But some of the installations, like when we were walking there, it's just like, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. I can, I, that's not art if I could, in my mind, and one of my best friends and I have always said, it's not art if I can do it. Like, and I can do 
a lot of that. <laughs> and I don't get it. Mm-hmm. Probably part of it is I don't get it. Not I, it's not art if I can't do it. Right. It's I don't get it. And that, then it's not the art for me. That's not, that's not the art that's speaking to me, which means it's not the art for me. It's speaking to somebody else. Uh, as a metaphor with the microphone and the screen that I have, uh, I feel that way about giant blue rooster. Blue, I have the blue rooster <laughs> hanging up in my bathroom. I love the idea of it, but I don't understand I don't how get it either. that's art. And that's actually Catherine, Catherine Frisch, I believe is her name. I, hold on. I also love that there's the DJ timer. Like, why? If you're gonna have an alarm, why does it have to say timer first? Like, I'm very confused by that. That's in the song, I think. <laughs> Although it really, I mean, if you put that in Calabria, the song, I think it actually fits. <laughs> oh my god! So if I could just add, like, the idea with music for me is that I can have it whenever I want it and it yeah. can make me feel the I thing th- that I want to feel. Yep. But when you mention someone crying at an art exhibit, that person may have traveled from literally the opposite side of the globe to see, see that it. particular mm-hmm. dolly yeah. painting. Yeah. So that like they worked as hard as they could, yep. whereas I can boot up Spotify and play Blackwater Park by Opeth right now. Like while you guys in the room, yeah. I could put in the earbuds that I used to do our sound check <laughs> high quality earbuds quality. i could be like yeah i'm not listening i'm gonna so jam on this everyone. but to see a particular painting and you have to travel that i mean that's like an experience where and we've all experienced yeah. that like i was at the guggenheim in, in spain with marnie in bilbao and the actual structure itself is absolutely beautiful and a lot of the um, the sculptures and things in the outdoors are absolutely beautiful. So like seeing that, like seeing the museum and this beautiful cityscape that has been like totally transformed over the last 20 years was incredible. Then the museum contents itself, I fucking hated. That's fair. So much abstract impressionism, just like bullshit, like splattered words, words that don't make sense. They mean something to somebody, so that's important to, to remember as well. Like art sometimes is an idea, or sometimes it's it's a matter of circumstance. Like you thought of a thing to do, and it meant something to you, and so then maybe it means something to somebody else as well. And because it doesn't connect with us, maybe it connects that much deeper with someone we don't know. Yeah. And so sometimes I look at forms of art and I say, I don't get this. Because forms of art that connect to all of us, just like music, the more of us it connects with, perhaps the less meaningful it can it be to mm-hmm. the few, mm-hmm. like to the people that it's really meaningful Charles, to. that's some real that's shit real. right there. That's man. real. I've, because once I've... it becomes mainstream, it's mm-hmm. not important anymore. To some people. It, if you appeal to everybody, yeah. it's like yep. the worst sitcoms stay on TV for 20 years. Yep. The yeah. best sitcoms last two years, right? Yeah. By and large. I yep. mean, it's not, not a hard, it's not a hard and fast rule, but it's, it's true a lot of the time. You're like, wow, I hope this show makes it forever. Like Will Arnett had some sitcom, I forget the name of it, that came on like when he was uh, done with... Um, Oh, it was the one about him being like an alcoholic in California, right? Oh, that was on Netflix, and that was great, too. It seems like every Will Arnett show that's ever (laughs) been made after he was on... Why am I blanking? I Um, remember that. I I know what show you're talking about, uh, but I can't... Oh, anyway. Okay, but yeah, so great show. Like, wow, this is so funny and irreverent and clever, and like, there's so much deep thought put into like the comedy structure and the drama of it. This will last forever now, one or two seasons. (laughs) That happens a lot. Whereas, like, Big Bang Theory, sure. Friends, sure. Like, I'll watch them, but let's be honest. Neither are a great program. No. 
They're just like no. something to, to watch. watch. Two and a Half Men was the number one Sound. show in America for like four years. It makes no sense and to me. I watched never, I would rather look at like a, a white canvas with a black stripe on it for three hours. I watched a total of three minutes of that show. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Mm-mm. Arrested Development was the show I was thinking of. What the oh, hell's wrong with me? Sorry. Oh, Arrested Development. Yeah. Well, that was why like when he when BoJack Horseman came on, I was so glad that it was on a niche network right. because then it can survive because they don't right. need tons of fans. No. <laughs> but even the show where he's an alcoholic, it was on Netflix and that lasted two seasons. Oh man, it was so good. Oh, I know. That so show. I can't think of the name of that either, but that was a great show. That was. Oh my god, that show I guess really. I can still renew it. I never heard it was canceled. But. Well, Anyways, sorry. Let's do a shot. Yeah, let's do a shot. Do a shot. Here's the Cheers. art we understand, art. and the art, art we don't. We don't. <laughs> yep. Drinking our way through the art we don't. We'll have to call this episode "Who Arted." Ooh. Yes. <laughs> That's a good one. Oh. <laughs> it was a chair for the record. It was a chair for, a a chair for the record. It was a chair for the record. Come on, guys. I can't fart on prompt. <laughs> oh, that'd be a fun superpower. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> you just show up in awkward situations and just fart and then oh, fly God, away. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's return to the pet conversation. Yeah. As of uh, as of yesterday, we're all doggy kitty. Households. Hey, buddy! Welcome to the family. You know, yeah, like we're we're on the trial period, but hopefully it goes to plan. Obviously, it's only been twenty four hours. So Quite, tell us everything. It was frenetic at first. <clears throat> yesterday was chaos, but it, you know this little guy had a foster family and didn't Name. understand that he's got this you know potential new family. Mm. Um, yeah, his name is Bogey. Bogey. But the thing, he's got an ironic name because I don't golf. I don't like golf. I, I don't care about golf. Care Is it about funny golf? that when you texted people. me that, I literally didn't even think about golf. The first thing I thought of was Top Gun. Yeah. <laughs> that was why I said yes. yeah, the Tom so, Cruise. Yeah, it means sure. a lot of things, but actually how we arrived, I'll do it real quick. The way we arrived at the name is we were, we were peeling through different doggies. And one's name was Humphrey. It wasn't the dog we selected, but his name was Humphrey after Humphrey Bogart. And I was letting Marnie be sort of the creative director because I name things every day. I name beers, like I name like four beers a week. So I was like, you can lead the creative process and then I'll just like check the box alongside you. And in my head, when she was reading the names, I was like, Bogey would be a cute name. So then in my head and 10 seconds later, she says out loud, Bogey would be a cute name. And we went through a bunch of names when we found our dog and we decided let's do Bogey. That's Which great. means a lot of stuff. It means a suspicious character, yeah. an unidentified aircraft, Humphrey Bogart. Right. It also apparently means something in golf where you, <laughs> one swing over. <laughs> None of us know. Do you one know? Swing I don't know what it means. One, one swing, one, one, one over stroke par. over par. One stroke over par. So I don't, I don't know. even know what par means, so there you go. If you hit your ball I don't into need the to hole know. in the <laughs> amount of strokes that they think it will take, yeah. there you go. Just watch Happy Gilmore. That's like that's all you need to know. So here's oh yeah. here's the topic. Uh, so basically, the topic is we're all doggy and kitty households now. Quam has mm-hmm. a doggy and a kitty. Mm-hmm. You have a doggy and how many kitties? Three, three kitties and one doggy. <laughs> so Quam's a one doggy, one kitty. Household. Yeah, one and one. We were we were two cats and uh, R.I.P. Judith. Oh, she Judith. she left us a couple of years ago, but she was the shit. She was Holla. the queen bee that ran it all. Hollow. And now we're a one doggy, one kitty as of yesterday. And both black, and which I'm very last. appreciative of. Yeah, he's got little socks and stuff. He does. So, yeah, he's a cool looking little feller. Anyways, I want, I want your advice on dogs and cats living in harmony. Because Lucky, as you know, my kitty cat is my bestest buddy. Mm-hmm. I love him to death. And he's been 
It's been it's been weird. For sure. It'll yeah. be weird. You got to keep them separated for a little while, but you got to mm-hmm. also not keep them separated. Like there's there's something to be said about like showing the dog how much Lucky means to you. Um, that's what we did with Norma. Okay. Greyhounds are very prey driven, so you have to be very careful with them. We got her at like we don't know how old she is. She could be 3, she could be 5. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's somewhere in between there. And we really took the time to show her like these cats, these are our cats. Anything outside that door, free game. Anything. But in here, these are your, these are these are these are pets. We love them. We love Did them you like, like carry you. the kitties or We would carry them and yeah. we would sit with them next to Norma, the oh. dog, and we would make sure that she understood that like this is love because you're getting love too and we're giving love to the cats. Uh I can't do that cuz lucky yeah, not lucky, yet. Lucky, not yet. You'll beat up everybody in right. the room. Yeah, I would. It's going to take some time. I mean, we yeah. were really, really lucky. We had three cats in the house, and we ended up with a great dog who turns out doesn't give a crap about dog like yep. cats. She just wants to be loved and she just wants to hang out. And sure. she snuggles with all of the cats but one. Okay. So when she showed up, she was, you didn't know, like two, three years old, maybe? She, when she showed up, you've had your dog uh, for so a we've year had her now? since November. Okay, she came to us from Spain, and oh, wow. Spain said she was three, and our vet here says she is. Or I'm sorry, Spain said she was five. See, this is where the fireball comes mm-hmm. in. <laughs> uh, Spain said she was five. Our doctor here says she's around three, mm-hmm. uh, and so she's still she's still young, okay. still impressionable. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it was. Uh, we we really lucked out. When I talked to my friends who have children similar to this the first child is the easiest and then the second child is the monster so we're not getting a second dog for a while okay (laughs) (laughs) i uh we're we're not quite to that that point yet uh i live in um uh, what was the what was the term uh mutual annihilation is that what it was when we had the the cold war with russia and the idea was stock up on all of the nuclear arms and then because we both could end the world neither one of us will end the world uh, mutual destruction. So that's basically what we have in, in our house. Millie, right? Millie does not like Harold. That's fair. Harold does not like Millie. Hey. Every now and then, they can sort of coexist walking around the house together. Uh, they'll go outside together sometimes. Harold likes to go out in the yard and like eat a blade of grass. Is it better in the winter, mm-hmm. though? A little bit, but Because I feel like everything's better in the winter in our house. Everybody cuddles a little bit more. Yeah, there's, there's okay. definitely more of that. Um, Millie, our basement is very cold. And Millie will not go down there. She's short-haired and basically completely bald on her undercarriage. Like, yeah. legit. Mm-hmm. Like, the back of her legs, she looks like a hairless cat. So, the winters are really tough for her. But she doesn't go in the basement because it's so cold. Harold's the opposite. He's like, this is my shit. Mm-hmm. I hang out. He's got a couch. He's got a chair. So, they both kind of have developed. I have this room. You have that room. We're cool. And then every now and then, when Millie really wants to play... She'll see Harold walking by and his sassy ass will be waving side to side with his tail all up in the air. And she'll run after him, but she just wants to play. And all it takes is, you know, a bat in the face and a little bit of yelling. And like she gets it now, you know, and to the point now, you know, this is three years, three plus years in. We're finally to the point now where like Millie will even stay away from dogs that are the same size and color ish as Harold, where she'll just be like, nope. If I go talk to that one, I'm going to get yelled at because okay. I know how that goes. But it's, They're I agree. really smart. I, yeah, and that's it. And, and don't ever take that for granted. Like, teach. teach I know them. it's going to be tough, but like. Yeah, it's slow. 
working with Lucky Good, you good. Yeah. We exist together. That is really where you'll start to see a little bit of bonding happen. Mm-hmm. But like how how was the chaos just like puppy running everywhere, Lucky hating it Trying all? Trying to find because... Lucky at all? So, so our place isn't big enough to keep them totally separated, right. which is what you're supposed to do. Right. What we did is we put up a pet gate between the kitchen and the living room, and we put a blanket over it so they couldn't even see each other but could smell each other. Yep. But by the end of last night, they both were like, what's that? What's that? They're trying to poke their nose through and we're trying to teach the dog good habits. He's a three point, you know, three and a half month old uh, Australian cattle dog slash uh, border collie. We're teaching, we're trying to teach him like the basics of like being in this new household. We didn't want to have to tell him not to poke his nose through the sheet. (laughs) So this morning and my cat in the middle of the night, lucky, I was sleeping in the office uh, with my cat and which is on the other side of the gate from where the dog's kennel was. And he just, in the middle of the night, kept scratching on the door because he wanted to see what was going on. I finally let him out in the middle of the night. He laid down right next to the gate, like facing where the dog is and just didn't do anything. So he's very curious. And I know the dog is curious too because Mm -hmm. today when we took the blanket off of the gate, (laughs) the dog started barking and Lucky was like, I gotta go. I'm out. So he went in the other room and he keeps coming around to look, but the dog keeps making noises and then he retreats. So at some point, I feel like it's only been, at this point, 24 hours. I hope that sometime in the next few days, they can get close enough to smell each other without making mm-hmm. sounds. I think they can be pals, and I hope they can be pals. Because my cat, Lucky, is a very social creature. Mm-hmm. He loves to wrestle. He thinks he's a puppy. Totally. I yeah. think that, and we got such a young puppy because we want him to be the big brother. I don't Smart. want them to hide from each other. Right. I think that's also, th- that where you're going with that is a brilliant way to do it. Millie was old enough that she was still a puppy mentally because she had been ignored for the first year of her life. Okay. And she had her own like traumas to get past. For sure. And so honestly, for the first year we didn't even give a shit about, I don't even care if they're friends. I just want her to feel like she has people that she's in a a safe place and that she's comfortable. Like Harold, I love him to death. Harold, you know, you're good. He's very much (laughs) a dog as well. Like he loves scratches, but because we figured out that the basement was just Harold's, he still feels like he has his normal life oh, all man, set. Man. And I can go down there and like, that's where I play video games and shit. So yep. I'll go down and he'll lay on my chest and I'll play. So like, he still gets, gets one-on-one yep. attention. But uh, pet it is... gates are great though. I've, we've got so many pet gates in our house. I mean, we have a tripod too. So we have to have pet gates because if she falls downstairs, it's really bad. Oh yeah. Uh, so she doesn't get unsupervised visits to the, the floors that we're not on. Yeah. But the, the pet gates are, are, are so important well, because then, then you get lucky still being able to feel like he's king and like he's got his spaces where he can run and run and play. Well, I, just, I hope he can return to all. I hope yes. at some point he feels comfortable. Yeah. Ours is a different situation because three legs. I think the yes, other thing, too, is sure. knowing that you have a puppy, you can you can dictate the attitude and the knowledge yep. without having to get past any prior things. Yep. Like our Millie is so adorable, but she is at least one fourth baby rhino. <laughs> and we did, we did pet gates and she ran through them because she was so excited. She would just take off running and like 50 pounds full speed. There's no pressure pet gate that's going to work. And we couldn't screw it into the wall because we were renting. Well, we were renting so we couldn't, <laughs> yeah, you know, no. we couldn't do that. So I think if you, 
especially if you start teaching your puppy boundaries, Mm -hmm. that's going to go a long way going forward where the first thing your puppy is going to learn is that, hey, this is an important part of the house. I should follow and listen. And when this gate goes up, that's from mom and dad. I'm not supposed to go through that. Sure. And that will make your life easier down the road, too. Also, puppy that. energy. you got to get rid of that puppy energy, too. <laughs> Expel yeah. that, the puppy energy. And that breed mix. That's yeah. a lot of that's energy. A lot of, it's a hurting energy. Yeah, yeah when, when he showed up yesterday, it was full-blown chaos. Just bouncing off the walls. Today he was actually like it's it's again twenty four hours. He was yeah. he was a lot more chill today. Good. Uh, God, he's beha- so cute. Behaving he's really and, cute. And, and listening to commands. I can't wait and to stuff. meet him. And I'm I'm happy to have a dog that has a lot of boundless energy. I want to do the Nathan back walking mm-hmm. many miles with a cigar between my teeth. You know, going with my dog down by the riverside. I want to I want to do that. Can I ask a question for our guests or for our, our listeners out there? Yep. Uh, Barb, would you feel comfortable sending us a, a family photo with pets? Oh, my God, yeah. Charles, mm-hmm. if you guys would do the same. I feel like when we post this episode... We get, we're not going to get a photo. I'm not going to get a photo with the dog and the cat before this episode airs. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> well, but even, I mean, I will, but even, not all, not all, even, not all cats. No, but, no, but even just a picture just of a picture the, the pets. Because yeah. okay. I feel like if we're going to have this discussion, we I feel like people pets. are going to want to know what they look like. Yeah. Okay, we'll, so, collage our, we'll collage our yeah. furry friends. Yeah, yeah we can just sure. do a, like a little well, Instagram, absolutely. all of them together. I just think that that would be kind of a cool thing. Yeah, I love it. All right, well, it's... Shot time. Oh, shot. Hey, shot. Shot o'clock. It's so weird. It's the, Why is it's, it weird? Because you can't feel your mouth? It's the final no, well, bell. I mean, there's that. But the timer just changed color for no reason. It's the final Cheers. bell. It's the final no timer. Oh. All right. Um, not seeking to, to date this, but I, I do want to say... It's pretty monumental that we have um, we have a, a female and a woman of color that is going to be on a presidential ticket as a vice president. I, I think that it's impossible, regardless of how you feel about their politics as a team. For sure. It's impossible to not say that that is progress in it's America. Awesome. So when, when shit's dark, one of the things that I've always loved about you, and for everybody out there listening, uh, Barb and I figured out that we've known each other for 16 years. 2004. And we've been wow. through a I lot didn't of. No, you'd known one another for so long. Ben and I worked together at a place called Manhattan. That not a single one of you remember. <laughs> not a single one of you, and that's fine. Did they that's even serve totally Manhattan's? We did. Manhattan's? We did. They were really good. Oh, okay. right. We were technically. We had good bartenders. It's hard to fuck up a Manhattan. We had really good bartenders. Until I was at Mystic Lake, and I said it to my friend, and he goes, Famous last words, and they gave me a terrible <laughs> <moment>. <laughs> Yeah, we had we had Jeff Rogers, we had Ben Kwong, we real? had Davey, Ryan Shermack. Ryan Shermack from the Dakota. Now yeah. uh, we had uh, Davy Jones, Davey a legend, Jones. who's no longer in the industry. We had Paul Trezenkel from who's now out in Vegas. Uh, we had um, uh, uh, Brian Zakow, who runs Liquid Motion and worked for Fridays for decades. I mean, shit. We had Bibi Zahara yeah, as a hostess. Dude, we had Dan Mogul, uh, who opened for Kyle Kinane at the State Theater. We had him as a host. I mean, it's it's he's still on my phone, by the way, as Dan Manhattan. That's dope. I love that. Wow. But uh, we've that's crazy. It is crazy. We've been through um, we've been through parent deaths. We've parent been death. through sibling Sweet deaths. Death. Yep. We've been through horrible breakups. We've yep. been through divorce. Like all the ups and downs. When you're when you're feeling shitty, I was trying to figure out like a, a more a, a positive way of kind of like wrapping this episode up. 
when you're having a tough time, when, when you're getting pushback on witch hunt or when you feel like the progress you're trying to, like, it, what, what change have you seen in your life in the world that gives you the fire to keep going or what has frustrated you that it hasn't changed that stokes that fire to keep pushing? Because like the, I, I just, I just want to say to you as my friend, we love joking, but what you've done and what you are doing is so important and we're seeing it grow and grow and grow. And I just want you to understand that what you're doing is something that inspires me. So that's why I wanted to ask that question. I appreciate that. You've, you've always inspired me. <laughs> Always. Usually with my volume. And <laughs> no, like chats at Asia, sitting at the bar, dr- eating oh the green Asia. curry, like, like just chats with you. Like yeah. you've always been an inspiration to me. Like if I'm always, like if I feel like I am somewhere where I am lost and I am not, I can't find myself, like you would be someone that I would, I, I have and I would continue to come to. Wildly beautiful compliment. Thank you for that. That's Thank you, Ben. Little lump in my throat. Sorry, guys. That's just the, my mouth's just numb. It's no, fine. yeah, you're good. <laughs> it's all about the fireball. Um, yeah, it's nonprofit work is hard, you guys. Yeah. It is really hard. And we've been doing this unofficially since 2016, officially since 2018. And it's, it's daunting. It's hard. It's constant. Our mission has changed over this last year, just this last year in general, is that, our is, mission has changed from oh yeah. education. Our mission has always been education and advocacy, but our mission has changed from education to advocacy. Sure. We're currently working with individuals that have stories to tell, that, that they have stories about the industry and about people in our industry, and they want these stories to be heard, and they want their voices to be heard. And that's sort of where we are right now. Yeah, we're still making beer. Yeah, we're still showing people things and educating people on a different level, the pandemic has made our our mission a little bit more difficult. But at the same time, the pandemic has opened up different avenues and different um, stories that need to be heard. And that's where we're kind of at right now, is just kind of working with these individuals that have stories that need to be heard and voices that need to be heard uh, through whatever we do yeah. like whatever whatever the outcome is people have voices and they want their voices heard and that's what we're trying to work work for right now that's awesome what uh charles what about you like also being fiery and being a poli sci uh lover like myself i mean obviously we have we have some pretty gross uh gross things that are still stuck to what we call the u.s my answer so it's it's something that occurred in our lifetime that kind of changed our yeah like like what what have you seen either what have you been what have you seen that's changed that gives you hope that hey we can keep we can keep pushing this and it's not sisyphusian or what is it that should have that we should have already gotten past that we haven't that that is a stumbling block that fires or gets you fired up as an arab atheist business owner who's a child of two immigrants with a disabled brother there's a lot that needs changing i'll speak to i guess something that it it changed before my lifetime but there's an asterisk there and i didn't know this was a thing until in june don't remember the exact date in june a friend of mine my oldest friend bay commented on a post that I I put on Facebook about my wife Marnie and myself happy loving day 
And I was like, is she just saying it's a, a lovely day, a day of love? No. No. So that is the law that was passed uh, nationally in, in 1967, mm-hmm. allowing interracial marriage. Mm-hmm. I am, believe it or not, in an interracial yeah. marriage. 12 years I'm, before I was born, right. it was finally not illegal. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, you know, if you think about it, when you get down to brass tax, it's, it's more nefarious than that because the, the last state to recognize interracial marriage as a statehood was Alabama the year I graduated high school, yeah. the year 2000. Wow. That's so fucked up. And so fucked up. I didn't, I didn't know about this law. I should have, and I'm glad I do now, and I've learned more about it. But her pointing that out to me was like, wow. And I guess, like, you know, people like to say, I don't see color. But when I look at my wife, I don't see, I married a white girl. I see, I married the woman that I love. And I think she thinks the same thing when she looks at me. Mm-hmm. I married this man because I love him. But her pointing that out was really important to me, like identifying that, like, wow, that's, that means something and reading about it and understanding the laws behind it. But it's also sad that a law had to be put into place to allow for someone like myself and someone like my wife to be together. But that's the world we live it's in. literally in the, country, the world we live in. And the country we live in. Yep. Man, I mean, if you think about chicks, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, right told, ben? I told I told just for for our listeners I told Barb because we've been friends for so long that my first question was going to be I mean chicks right right and then we're just going to let it hang and see what happens but because I'm 39 just... years old and anyone that knows me knows that until I was 36 years old I had predominantly dated men mm-hmm. and I found a female that stole my heart immediately so this is the same, you same, similar, same, yeah, you find your person because it's your person yeah. and that's it. Done and done. Yeah. And many, many years ago, not even many years ago, what, like seven, eight years ago, we couldn't get married mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Quite recently. Quite recently. Like very recently. Maybe not seven or eight years, maybe like four or five. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, like, say, it's like 2017. I know there's no concept of time because of I know. I have no concept but... of time. Exactly. <laughs> I have none. It's, but it's, it's weird. Yeah, like it's all weird. Probably four years now. 2016 was Iowa, wasn't it? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. 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 Sounds right. Iowa was the first. In that range, four years. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Four years? Four years. We're that getting is... married like a year from basically Saturday. Next year. That's fucking crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. It's exciting. I can't, it, yeah. When you, when, you, when you start to frame like how much of your life when you when you press that against some of those dates it's really absolutely shocking right i mean for for me my my mom retired this year and uh it was just me and my mom for most of my life and congratulations kwama yeah she's the best she i mean she's still not retired she says she's do they ever she's still consulting and she's still doing all kinds of work. But. That's good. Semi-retirement. Yeah. Well, and at least she's spending more time at home and all that kind of stuff. Like, we knew it was going to be a very long methadone <laughs> program to get her away from work. Methadone. And I don't know. We'll actually... It'll just be she'll find a nonprofit that she wants to get involved with. Mm-hmm. But, like, seeing what my mom had to go through, through, like, the 80s into the Murphy Brown late 80s and 90s, where anybody that stood up for themselves was some pushy bitch and like how dare they think that they can come like and then the fact that she was also raising like a giant male uh who was bigger than everybody his entire life 
I can't imagine what that must have been like for her, but I know that she tried her damnedest to make sure that I would be closer to the man she wished like other men around her could be. Mm-hmm. And I, I love the fact that while we're nowhere near getting, finishing that task, I like the fact that my mom can retire and look back and say that not only did she make it better for herself, but the world made it a little bit better as it went. Well, that's what, that's what we should all want. Yeah. We should all leave the world a better place than what we found it in. Or try to. Or, or try, try to. to, yeah. Try I think to. the trying is really the key, too. Try. Yeah. Because yeah. like, if we have to think that we have to do everything, that inevitably makes it an impossible task. Sometimes but I think if I we do. can just say, hey, I just want to keep trying. And I mean, sometimes just the act of doing is enough to fulfill you and then to keep trying, you know, mm-hmm. like we can shout into a void as much as we want. But until we start climbing into it and figuring out where it goes, then what the hell's the point? Oh, but it's cool knowing. I mean, I don't know. We're, we're seeing something. There's as much pulling back as there is pushing forward. But there is. Yes. There's more of us. There is one of us, 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 one of us. Rest in peace, Grandma. God damn it. I have much more of this fireball. I might have to call myself tomorrow. So if I grab that. Oh, my mom doesn't listen to this. She's going to be like, you dick. Uh, oh man this has been so much fun thank you so much for coming thank you for having uh, me barb if people wanted to find you find more out about witch hunt uh where where would people go to look that up yeah you can search witch hunt on facebook there's only one of two of us one of us is a band and one of us is a nonprofit. so you figure it out is witch hunt the band dope has anybody listened i haven't i'm we sorry check i them think out. they're probably heavy metal to be honest so we should probably check them out i'm gonna look them up you are right now look at you <laughs> Witch Hunt MPLS is the Instagram. Sure. That is correct. Bar- well, Thanks, Charles. If the band's good, we'll just tell everybody we support all things Witch Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> and if anybody wants to, to know more about you and your amazing uh, your life with your uh, beautiful lady and your pup and your kitties. Uh, I got an Instagram. It's Barb K, Barb K G, and then uh, Facebook. You may or may not be able to find me. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I'm searchable, <laughs> to be honest. Find her on the gram. Barb KG. Yeah, yeah Barb uh, KG. And obviously, we're libations for everybody. Uh, thank you guys again Everyone. so much. Oh, everyone. Sorry. Not everybody. Did I, oh, did I, I flipped it. Okay. Sorry. Uh, the hey, fireball. I mean, it's literally, fireball. My, tongue, my tongue is like barely working right now. So I'm trying to do the best I can. Uh, uh, you can find me uh, on my personal stuff. Just look up Kwamunist on Instagram or Twitter. Oh, shit. Yeah, we haven't even done that. Yeah, we haven't done that. It came from the sea. On Instagram. That's good enough. Uh, also, again, a beautiful reminder a couple episodes ago. Shout out to Laserbeak for our intro and outro music. Ow, ow. Uh, eventually, Beak, we're going to have you on this. We just got to make our schedules line up. Uh, thank you, everybody. Please, 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 please leave us a review. Say you love what's going on. It just helps more people see our show. We're trying to get more people that have never met any of us to listen. Uh, so give it a review. Say hey. Tell your friends. And uh, thanks for listening. Stay witchy. Gascon. Cheers.